was a kid, I got into web design by ripping off sites I liked. All you had to do was view source on your browser, and there it was, the code. You could copy-paste it, modify it a little, put your name on it, and like that, it was your site. View source. What if we had that for people? Would people really want to see? Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of Hello, Friend. Hello, Henry. Hey, Margaret. Henry and I are here to talk about episode seven of season one of Mr. Robot called View Source. This episode was all about Elliot's processing his feelings around Shayla and the whole idea of bringing F Society back together. It was directed by the show creator, Sam Esmail, and written by... Kate Erickson and Sam Esmail. Henry, what did you think of View Source? There's a lot that happens. The story is really starting to unpack and uh, pick up momentum. And so many kind of setups and reveals happening in this episode. And I think the events from here on out in each episode will bear a lot of rewatching as season two launches, as we kind of pick up clues. In retrospect, I found this episode very heartbreaking because of the opening scene, especially where we got to see Shayla and we learned later on that it's a month since her demise. And it was so sad because she, it was when Elliot and Shayla first met and Elliot was sort of thinking back to that time. And she seemed much less strung out than she was when we encounter her in the show. And She's such a beautiful person, and it was so sad to know what happened to her, partly because of Elliot. Yeah, I mean, we see, we, we learned that we saw the after part of it, but the before was uh, pretty telling. She was so bright and spirited. Yeah, and of course, they're playing The Cure, Pictures of You, which sort of goes along with that whole very melancholy vibe that only The Cure can conjure. And her death was really sad and i think this episode does a really great job of getting the audience to feel elliot's sadness and remorse and guilt and guilt yes you're right and also the whole idea of how ephemeral our whole existence is i mean i know this is kind of heavy and depressing to talk about but when elliot was thinking back to shayla how it it has been a month that's gone by and will she just be a blip you know, again, a, a technological term, but a, a blip on the radar, essentially, of existence. And eventually she'll become just some story he talks about. Yeah, I mean, she's going to become a CD. <laughs> <laughs> and she did, The Cure Disintegration. Speaking of a blip, it was also this time where we encountered Krista. And Elliot is trying to sever his ties with Krista and those two are sort of mismatched lonely souls. Yeah, they are. And in that kind of teardown that he does of her when he reveals that he hacks her, it's interesting that part of what they decided to write about her were the sexual thing. Because, I mean, that is kind of the great fear that a lot of people have secretly, perhaps, that 
they're going to be exposed. Well, to your point, there was that piece that John Oliver, the, the comedian and, and satirist John Oliver did, I'm sure you recall about a year or two ago when he interviewed Edward Snowden and he said, do you think anyone really cares who you are? And then he's talked to people about if the NSA hacks you, they're going to see photos of your junk. And that's when people really care. And I guess Mr. Robot was touching on that at this point with Elliot's therapist, Krista. When the writers chose to kind of reveal that, it definitely makes you look at her differently, right? All of a sudden she becomes this fully rounded person, whereas before she was kind of clinical. Yeah, and it honestly made me also think of the adage, and I'm sure it's a complete cliche and stereotype, but some of the people needing the most therapy are therapists themselves. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting how Elliot identifies that she has a lot in common with himself. I also thought it was interesting this episode how we see Angela continuing to evolve. I mean, Angela is really strung out and strung out in a way, I mean, of withdrawing from her ultra normal life. And she's really putting herself out there in many dangerous ways. She's become in her way like Elliot, where she's driven by a mission um, to take down Evil Corp in her own way. Yeah, I think that's fascinating. And you know, when I first watched the first season of Mr. Robot, I really didn't give Angela the character as much credit as I think she deserves. Uh, played, of course, wonderfully by Portia Doubleday. But I am starting to see how much more complex a character Angela really is because of this very dramatic transformation that we're seeing her undergo. And the tr transformation that you're talking about is driven by these reveals that they kind of uh, reveal more of her history and her background. And that's kind of what allows her character to evolve in our, in our perception. And it's kind of at the heart of what Mr. Robot is about, is that this information about ourselves and our history are part of, they form the role that we play in each other's dramas, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if it was in this particular episode or the next episode, uh, Angela was saying, how do you think I feel to wake up in my childhood room? Angela has had to move back home. I mean, she's really having to start from square one in every single way, including ripping open these old wounds that she's discovered and also having to re-engage with that gnarly dude Colby, right? Because he's none too pleasant to her and his attorneys sure aren't too pleasant to Angela. Oh yeah, he's insulting and tries to offend her and makes you know these sexually aggressive remarks Marks, definitely does not roll out the walk on that. We saw a lot of various interactions in this particular episode, as, as you pointed out. It was really fast moving. And so we had these very brief scenes. We got to see a lot in the first few minutes. So Krista and Elliot interacting, Angela interacting with Colby's attorneys. And then, of course, we had the requisite Elliot and Gideon scene with Gideon lecturing Elliot you know, don't let her death close you off, Elliot. I know it's been a whole month and everything, but you need to snap out of it. Yeah, their relationship evolves several times throughout season one. And here we're on the part of it where he tries to do the paternal, good boss, father figure sort of routine with Elliot while still being suspicious about him, I think. I think so too. And of course, the title of this episode is View Source. 
And uh, like many of the storylines in Mr. Robot, they do tend to interweave technological terms and terms from the world of hacking and computers with human situations and issues. And a lot of us who have been on the internet and used websites are probably familiar with the view source command. And I loved how Elliot was going down memory lane in that one monologue where he was saying, you know, back in the early days, I would just view source of somebody's website, change a few things here and there. And, and that was my website. And basically that's what it means. It's viewing the very makings, like the DNA in some ways of a website or a piece of technology. And that's what's meant by view source. And, and this idea is not just with the web. I mean, if you really think about it, it, it goes back to programming itself. There's so much of, of viewing the source and learning from how someone did something to copy basically and then evolve it. It's, you know, code in this essence becomes like DNA that you talked about. It evolves through replication um, and, and proliferation. And there are so many complicated issues around that. I love that you're bringing that up because depending on what you're authoring stuff in, sometimes you're dealing with source code and sometimes you're dealing with object code. An object code is with some computer languages what is needed for people to display different kinds of applications and source code is what gets compiled for that object code and having access to source code in the world of technology is a very private and privileged thing. I think it's a lot less protected than it used to be, but then there's the whole issue of documenting source code so other people can let it live on and also controlling for versions of viewing of source. Yeah, and it's hard to maybe conceive of in this day and age where we're talking about increased government surveillance and there's a crackdown on content rights, but it was intended, the framework of the World Wide Web and the HTML framework was intended to be open. Uh, and non-proprietary so that people could copy, evolve, and use the source code so that they could put more content on the web. Yeah, and I think that we went through a period in the world of technology where there was a lot of anti-open source and open platform sentiment. And there certainly still is, especially in the world of patenting technology. However, I don't know if you agree with this, Henry. Please tell me what you think. It, and it does seem like there is a shift in emphasis right now more towards open platforms and open source, you know, maybe because Mark Zuckerberg promotes it so thoroughly in certain ways. I think... People are willing to use open source. I think people have understand the open source playbook a bit better. I think if you were to look back like 10, 15 years at where open source was and just trying to get people to uh, look at it as a viable business model or something that you could actually use in the commercial context to where it is now, where like Google used open source to quickly grow the Android platform and framework to where it's the dominant operating system. Um, it's, you know, it's pretty clear that there's an, a way that you can leverage open source licenses with computer software code to grow your commercial business. There are definitely really relevant use cases around open source and also lots of valid business cases too. And people have figured that out. And I know you've done a lot of work in that arena. So maybe we should even do a special episode one of these days of Mr. Robot and talk about maybe some of those things more as the show continues on. 
Sure. I mean, it's pretty relevant these days uh, with that recent Oracle versus Google decision and what that meant for ownership of code and how APIs were viewed. It's something that continues to shape our, our future. Yeah, the infamous Google trials, which is a combination of Google and Oracle. And it would take us several podcasts to talk about this long case that finally just got settled. But in this particular episode, the whole idea of viewing source, as you well know, was also related to people exposing or having their source viewed, just like Elliot was looking in on his therapist, Krista, viewing her source. And, and this is a theme that the show explores for many angles repeatedly is this idea that Elliot can somehow see the the secret levers behind every person. Kind of the theme of the show where he uncovers these secrets and uses them uh, in almost superhero hero fashion to fight evil. <laughs> and it's ironic because we've talked about this a lot, but it becomes more and more relevant because we have put such a focus on it. He seems so aware of everyone else, but maybe not so self-aware as he thinks he is. Yeah, for all of his self-proclaimed prowess and viewing source of other people, he's not very good at turning that eye inward, is he? No, and we learn in this story, part of the story, that... Darlene's been working overtime to get the Dark Army back involved because they pulled out even before F Society even realized uh, of the whole project involving Steel Mountain. Mr. Robot was working overtime to get people back on board as well. So there was that whole aspect. And then there was the whole aspect of Tyrell and what was going on in Tyrell's world, which was totally wild, I felt. You referenced how much stuff was going on both on camera and written to be off. That's a lot to do, that has a lot to do with the sense of pace that I feel like this episode has, where you just feel like it's building up momentum and events are just steamrolling. And Terrell, uh, what he does is pretty, pretty surprising. I didn't see that coming. He's such a puzzle to me, and so is his wife, as we get to see her more throughout the series. I'm very curious to see how those two develop in season two. But when we first encounter Terrell in this part of the story, he's really stressed out. He's really ticked off about not getting that CTO position. He's with a bunch of guys who are talking about all the desperate measures people do in business to get ahead. And one of them makes the unfortunate reference to executives basically using sexual favors to get ahead. And that hit a little too close to home for Terrell. Yeah. He, who, who shows that he's remarkably thin-skinned for being such a viper. He is remarkably thin-skinned and then proceeds to not only fire them all, but make sure he rubs it in their faces about how poor or relatively poor in their minds they're going to be because they just messed up. He just wiped the slate clean with that whole staff. And he kind of did with them in a business context what he did to that man on the street in an earlier episode where he just beats the guy up to let off some steam. You know, it seems like in this case, he let off steam by basically taking three lives and turning them upside down and using that to blow off some steam. 
we see him blowing off quite a bit of steam as we progress in this episode. We had a lot of other interactions that took place before that. We see Mr. Robot hanging out with that guy, Romero, who is basically doing his own THC experiments now that the hacking business has turned him off. And Mr. Robot pretty much threatens him to get back into it. Yeah, <laughs> shows some of his uh, gangster qualities. Uh... <laughs> is not afraid to use all sorts of means to get the, the crew back together again. It's uh, pretty effective. I love Christian Slater. And for anyone who's seen the film Heathers, I don't want to criticize Christian Slater's acting and say he's just re recreating his role of JD from Heathers. But there are definitely ripe comparisons between Mr. Robot and JD from Heathers in that cult classic film. I think in many ways, Christian Slater has made a career out of being the guy who knows just a little bit more than you do, right? Like if you think about all of his characters, he never plays someone who's stupider than the people around him. He's always the guy who's got the angle figured out. He is. And I feel like he's somebody who has kind of like continued in his career along those lines. And he, he doesn't seem pathetic doing it, at least for me. I love that he's in the show. I think he adds so much. Especially, he gives it a kind of retro or nostalgic authenticity. You know, when they reference a certain era and they talk about old technology like and, and vintage tech, it, it fits very well with what Christian Slater evokes, for me anyway. Everything about him is so comfortable in that character that he plays. He's lived in that character as much as the clothes that they have him wear look lived in and also a bit retro. So it's pretty cool. It's, it's hard to imagine another actor playing that role and doing such a good job. You mean you don't think Tom Hanks could pull that off? Um <laughs> <laughs> uh no matter what kind of accent he put on or how much weight he gained or lost, I don't think he'd do as good of a job. Yes, in spite of his performance in Cloud Atlas, we would wonder if he would play Mr. Robot very well. We do learn that Colby took Angela's proposal to allow her to go see him, the honor of going to see him. And as you mentioned, when she finally goes to see Colby, they open with this establishing shot on this really hideous portrait painting that Colby has of himself hanging in the living room. Uh, you know, he's, he, in some ways, is an archetypal character who represents self-interest and ambition. Like, he's very consistent as a character in that sense to me, is that he's always looking out for what's going to get him ahead. Yeah, and I do think he gives Angela some maybe jaded and maybe kind of retro advice too in and of itself he says to angela money will always be better than what you're looking for when he offers first her to name her price mm. yeah in some ways it's like he's trying to convert her to his point of view he's tempting her uh like satan uh with the apple and you know what else i think is interesting in this scene where Colby is basically slightly, slightly, uh, majorly sexually harassing her. You want me to talk? Well, you need to do this, this, and this. And he was being really vulgar with Angela. Mm -hmm. And I liked the way the actors played the scene and the way it was written in that this wasn't a person who was overcome with lust for somebody. He was using whatever he could to basically out-alpha her and make her feel insignificant and not having any power. That seems to be his thing. Like the way that Torrell lets off steam by 
beating people up or hurting people. Like even sexually, he seems to have a preference for sadomasochistic activities. Like that one scene where he tied up his wife uh, with a gag, I think. It, it's very much how uh, Colby lets off his steam is to make people feel small. I did think that Angela got to him a little bit when she said, you know, when you were basically deciding to murder my mother and essentially Elliot's father, uh, you, you know, did you really think about that? And I love the banality with which Colby explained, well, we had shrimp cocktail, we were real upset about that. And, you know, we went home to our comfortable lives and it, it really shows how ruthless things can be in business and crime and in a lot of different circles. I, I think it also kind of reveals the disconnect between cause and effect, that something that seems like so small or insignificant can have such huge consequences. And it's like how hacking itself in actuality is just someone wiggling their fingers and tapping on some plastic buttons. And it can have these tremendous real-world consequences. And then, of course, it was really good editing and writing that they go from this scene and they cut to basically a celebration at Evil Core where Scott Knowles, the new CTO, is being celebrated. Tyrell's there just pouting and, and Sharon Knowles and Tyrell, they just can't seem to stop interacting with each other. Yeah, she definitely likes what he's pitching. Because, <laughs> you know, even though she told her husband, in some ways, once Terrell was not scared off after she revealed his advances, in some ways, it seems like it liberated her. Because then it was like, well, I was honest with my husband, um, so he knows what's going on. And, and then she can just flirt and engage in this uh, seductive tete-a-tete. Yeah, and who knows what arrangement she and Mr. Mr. Knowles has, and it might be very similar to Terrell and Joanna. I get the impression that it is, and uh, I feel like they're the Frank and Mrs. Underwoods, you know, from House of Cards of Mr. Robot. Joanna, as we see in this episode, and then later when we talk about the next episode, White Rose, I just can't figure her out. Is she mapping to the Claire Underwood character from House of Cards, like she's just as power hungry, or we see a lot of political couples who work like a team like that. She seems stronger and more invested than Tyrell does in a lot of ways. Yeah, she, she does. It, it's, it's still not revealed what's driving this couple aside from corporate ambition. Like it's hinted at, but I still feel like there's going to be a greater reveal as to what's driving their actions. Also, I thought it was interesting that when Terrell was in the process of murdering Mrs. Knowles, they were playing an FKA Twig song. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good catch. And I thought the conversation between Darlene and Trenton was pretty interesting, where Trenton was saying, we're all different. None of us is doing this, enough society is doing any of this for the same reasons. I'm doing it because my parents kind of got screwed out of the American dream. You're doing it because you're into this momentary anarchy. And I love how it touches on how disparate people are brought together for a certain cause, but they aren't doing it for the same reason at all. Yeah, I really like that scene as well. Have you seen or heard the theory? I saw it on 
vulture.com by Matthew Giles that she's a basically a daemon for Darlene. You know, once I once I read that, I, I kind of went back and started looking at the episodes. And it's I don't know if it's true, but it's interesting to look at these episodes through just the lens of if certain characters were were imaginary, how would that change the episode? Right. And then it kind of gets you doing what the show's really about is questioning reality. Like you start to question everything that's presented as reality in that show. I know you and I have seen the whole season. And so we want to just try to follow it episode by episode. But at this point, and definitely by the next episode, you know, people were starting to question the reality of certain characters, whether they're there or not. And I've been paying especially close attention to that. And they really don't make it clear. Like some of the characters you think are fake are interacting with some of the characters we think are real. Darlene's Damon could be Trenton or Trenton's Damon could be Darlene or maybe it's a symbiotic thing. Yeah, it's unclear. And so this is where it starts getting really interesting as the first season nears its end is as more plot points are revealed and as more action takes place, it becomes like this game of uh, shuffling the cards where you're not quite sure who's real and who's not. We got the opportunity to view source on a lot of people, a lot of stories, a lot of underlying motivations. There was that mysterious scene with Terrell just basically strangling Mrs. Knowles. Who knows where that came from? <laughs> he had to let off some steam, Margaret. That's what he does. Well, I'm really happy to have chatted about you source with you, Henry. I think it's so much fun to explore all the different ways that they use technology and the human condition and mix them up. And I love hearing your stories and experience in the world of open source and technology, especially from a legal standpoint too. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, thanks, Margaret. All right. And for you guys who've been writing us on our Facebook page, Hello Friend Podcasts, I want to thank you. And for all the ratings that you've given us on iTunes and Stitcher, thanks for that again. And thanks for subscribing. It's surprising that we're showing up pretty high in the iTunes search results. They should have a Mr. Robot episode called Algorithms or Search Algorithms. <laughs> I want to thank the listeners and we'll talk to you next week to talk about White Rose. Yeah, we can neither confirm nor deny that we hacked the algorithm. Well, you just made a long day longer. I know that Allsafe will have to fire me, but testifying was the right thing to do. I have worked my ass off to take care of you and of every person in this company. Do you know what that means? You've been a great boss, Gideon. Once this confession goes public, no one will want to do business with us. The company will go under. I couldn't let Colby take the fall for something that I did. Look, you and I both know you didn't break chain of custody. I did. And I feel terrible. Please. Tumble out of bed and I stumble to the kitchen. Pour myself a cup of ambition and yawn and stretch and try to come to life. Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping. Out on the streets, the traffic starts jumping with folks like me on the job from nine to five. Working nine to five. Won't seem to let me I swear sometimes
watch him shatter You're just a step on the boss man's ladder But you got dreams he'll never take away You're in the same boat with a lot of your friends Waiting for the day your ship will come in And the tide's gonna turn and it's all gonna roll your way Working night to five 